Hey, 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 everybody. Today for you, podcast number 78. Today's podcast is titled, How Do You See What You Cannot See? Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the, this week's edition of your weekly Limitless Life Network podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Lombardi. Sitting next to me is the lovely Sandy Lombardi. And this is the Limitless Life Network podcast where we flesh out the limitations that are preventing you from reaching your goals and living the life that you were called to lead. And I want to say thank you to all of our loyal listeners, our new listeners as well, as I've got a few new ones that have... Uh, been giving me feedback as to what they're getting out of the podcast. So that's fantastic. Uh, be sure to share these podcasts with your closest friends and family. That way they can be uplifted as well. Uh, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit all the buttons, you, <laughs> all the bells and whistles. Just start hitting buttons. Yeah, um, that's great because that just promotes what we're trying to do here. And um, yeah, I love your comments. I love your feedback. I love the interaction. It's awesome. And thank you so much because it makes it, uh, I guess, more interesting as well as uh, encouraging to continue to come up with new content mm -hmm. and, and to create. So it's exciting. So yeah, on with the show, as we like to say in podcast biz. Um, today's title, How Do You See What You Cannot See?, and we kind of came up with this, uh, it was a really good pre-podcast discussion, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we, uh, you know, it kind of spun off of a couple of uh, my practice members that have some really big uh, goals that they're trying to achieve. And they also have some really big challenges that they're trying to address. And so with that, we created a plan uh, because that's what you do when you have goals. You should create a plan. And uh, now it's the stage of taking action on the plan. So they've been taking action on the plan. And then now they're starting to uh, experience some of the early results. So some of the early results are starting to come in. And then what happens next? That's kind of what this podcast is spun off of. So, yeah. So point number one is what? What do we got going on for point number one? The first real obstacles sets the tone. Ah, yes. Sets the tone. This brings me back to the glory days. Football. The <laughs> back in high school football. Yes. Uh, the glory days, uh, or even before that, Pop Warner. It the coaches would get you before the game, and they try to really hype you up before the game, and they give you an inspiring talk of some some way, shape, or form that I don't know what they were thinking, but they wanted to get you prepared and they wanted to get you excited. But they always said that the very first play of the game would set the tone, whether it was on offense or defense, they would encourage you to deliver your very best hit or play right out of the gate because it sent a message to the other team that you were here to win mm -hmm. and that you were bringing, you know, 
everything you had. It all. Yeah, bringing it all, right? So <laughs> did you ever experience that in basketball? Sandy was a basketball player mm-hmm. and soccer player. Did your coaches say that to you too? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You don't want to elaborate anymore? Okay, that's fine. Um, yeah. It was a little in- set the intimidation factor, right? A yeah. Bit. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, you'll always have obstacles. When No matter what challenge you face in life, there will always be obstacles. And how you respond to the first real obstacle, it kind of guides the direction of how things are going to proceed from there. And I like to use a compass as as kind of a and we kind of I don't know this just came to me as a as an analogy that I drew from this. If your if your direction of your goal is true north, mm-hmm. and you come up with an obstacle, and you decide to you know veer your course a little bit, now your heading is north by northwest, and then you come to your next obstacle and you veer your heading again. And now you are heading northwest, and the next big obstacle you're just you just keep losing a little bit of your direction. Next thing you know, you're going west by northwest, and then west, and then west by you know what I mean. Right. And, and before long, with enough obstacles, you're right back to where you started. You've walked in a big circle. Yeah, and and that's really what we're trying to avoid is that as soon as you meet with resistance, it is so easy to go back to what you know and back to some of your ways of mm-hmm. the past. Yep. Yeah. Comfortable. Yeah. Comfortable. It's what you, you're familiar with, right? Mm-hmm. So what brings us to point number two? Yeah. Learning the root cause of your obstacle helps you to solve for them. Yeah. So too many times I think that we get into facing an obstacle and our assessment is how it makes us feel. Mm. So I meet an obstacle and it makes me feel like I'm failing, like I don't know what I'm doing, like I this this plan is wrong, like I don't trust the plan anymore. You start to lose confidence and and as you waver and lose confidence, now your emotions are dictating your actions. And the next thing you know, you've kind of, a lot of people will give up at that point. Mm -hmm. At the very first obstacle, they'll just throw in the towel and be done. Um, But if you take a different approach and you assess it from uh, a more of a a root cause, like where did this obstacle come from? Like how did this actually originate? What is the meaning of it? And what is it, what is it actually telling us? Mm-hmm. Because there's information there that you don't understand. And that's the hard part, is that how do you learn something that you don't understand? Right. Um, you, have to, you have to go at it like a scientist would. You have to test it. You have to, you have to take it apart. You have to dissect it and look at it for what it really is. Mm-hmm. Like why is your body responding in that way, right, to the obstacle? Right, right. So, for instance, in a metabolic situation – you go and you change your diet. You, uh, you've been eating a certain way your entire life and you make a 180 change in your diet. And after a while, what's going to happen? The body is innately going to change its behavior and your experience and how you feel will change. And most times it doesn't feel the same. It oftentimes feels much worse. And that scares people away. And that's why they give up because they don't like the way it makes them feel. Mm-hmm. 
So that's just one example. Diet is one and exercise too. If you go into the gym for the first time, right. you've, you can do tons of exercise. And what happens the next day? How do you feel? Extremely sore. Yeah. And you're like, why did I do that? Mm -hmm. I felt so much better before I exercised. <laughs> right. right. But if you've experienced that enough times, you know that if you just endure it for a couple of weeks you're going to start feeling a lot different and right. you're going to look different and the results are going to be different, but you have to weather that storm and understand what it really means. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. you're, you're anticipating that from a history you've already had. Right. But if you have no history, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it's new and scary. Right. Right. Okay. That brings us to point number <laughs> three. Yes. Uh, comfortable with less than. And yeah. What does that mean to you? Well, I think, uh, let's say um, fitness wise. Or mobility. Let's use mobility. We always use fitness. So mobility, you become, um, you accept you have a, a limited mobility. Maybe it's a shoulder that doesn't work full motion for you. Maybe it's your hips and you, there's certain things you can't do any longer. Maybe you can't garden. Maybe you can't golf. And you accept that less than. That's what it means to me. Like I've, that's my new normal. I've just accepted that's the path that I'm on right now. Mm, yeah. That's interesting. I, I had that experience with um, a, a, a colleague of mine, and we trained together, and he kept telling me about his knee. He kept okay. telling me of his knee. I can't do that because I got a bad knee. And I was like, well, do you ever think that maybe you got a bad knee because you can't do that? Mm. <laughs> and he's like, oh. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> yeah, so... Um, yeah, sometimes the you know the thing that you think is the obstacle is actually just telling you, you know, this is just a symptom. Right. It's a symptom of a of a bigger problem or or a different problem, not necessarily bigger, but it's the same. It's the same issue. It's all in the same. But yeah, so we get it, it, being comfortable is actually a coping mechanism. We we do it um, as a survivability mechanism, the ability to survive from something. It makes our ego. It protects our ego. Um, but we're coping. Uh, with the fact that we're not willing to do what we have to do to be different, to do different actions because we become different, and that way you have something different. It comes from that whole idea of be, do, have. Mm -hmm. First, you have to become, which means you have to adopt the mindset and the persona of that whatever you're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. And then with that, you will do, you will actually take the action steps associated with that, and then you will have the result. Everybody focuses so much on the result, but if you don't focus on the first part, mm -hmm. it's so much harder to get the result. Yep. Yeah. All right, so that brings us to point number four. Uh, what is the root of why someone is comfortable with less? Yeah, so this has a lot to do with history, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So the more times that you give in and get used to giving in, you it, it becomes like a learned behavior. Mm -hmm. And that's the root the root cause is really the beginning. If you if you strip it all the way back at some point in your life, it became okay to settle. Yeah. A lot of times I think it's self-confidence too. Yeah. And, you know, and and along the way, they just someone told them or they accepted that they they were you know okay with 
not being excellent or right. expecting to be excellent. Yeah, and 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 you and you'll see that and and it'll carry through in in all kinds of behaviors being comfortable with less than it, it'll show in even like the clothing that sometimes people will choose to settle for, you know, uh, and, and I, we know people like that, that mm-hmm. have the means to buy better clothes and to, to, to look better, but they choose not to, because it's almost like they don't value it. They don't, they don't not only value the clothes, but they, they don't value themselves to want to appear better. Mm-hmm. And clothing is just a superficial thing, Right. right? but it spills over into all aspects of life. But you know what? I got to tell you, it's a lie. You know, God didn't make you, didn't make you imperfectly, you know, for that reason. He, he, he made you in a way that is, is amazing. And, and you are, you are capable of so many things mm-hmm. and, and you're capable of, you know, exterior beauty, like clothes. That's, that's not what it's all about, but it's the idea that you're worth it. Right. Right. That's if you re- want it, right? Yeah. Or if it's important to you that yeah. Right. You are worth it. You are totally worth it. And and I can tell you that, but you have to be that. You mm-hmm. have to own that, that right. you are worth it. You know, and I and I look at, you know, you're you're a creation of God. Of course you're worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't he doesn't there's an old saying that God doesn't make junk. Yeah. Right? right. Like there was mm-hmm. used to be something my aunt had on a refrigerator. It was a cut out <laughs> from the newspaper and it was a picture of a little kid and he was like God doesn't make junk. Mm. That's right. He doesn't. Okay. <laughs> that brings us to point number five. Which is the best chance of achieving a breakthrough is by having a coach, a mentor, or a guide to see what you don't see. Yeah. And this is really the kind of the title, <clears throat> mm-hmm. the title thing here. And we've talked about this in the past is that the fastest way to become successful or to achieve something that you don't have is to not only copy somebody, but why don't you, you know, enroll somebody as as an assistant, as a coach, like you know, as a team. You you know, I've had I did some team sports. You did some team sports, and you had to have a coach. You couldn't just be your own coach, right. because the coach had to organize everybody. The coach had to see what everybody can't see, and and somebody had to lead. And we need that in life too. And I was saying to my to Sandy earlier, I'm like. You know, you can read the Bible on your own, and you can get a lot out of it, and 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 we do, right? But you go to church, and there's a leader, your pastor, your priest, or whoever, and and that pastor has gone really deep on a topic and prayed about it and prepared it and presents it, and they go so much deeper and further and see things that you don't see— and then they deliver them to you so that it it reaches you at a deeper level, mm-hmm. and that's what a coach does. That's what a mentor does, and that's what that's what leaders do and guides do. Is that they they've been there already. They have experiences. They they have wisdom that they give to you so that you don't have to spend twenty eight years trying to figure it out. That you can get there quicker, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's how you have breakthroughs. That's how growth happens in a, in a much more rapid way because you just can't see what you can't see. Right. And if, and if you're not willing to even look, you know, then how are you ever going to be able to see what you can't see? And they have, you know, they've walked someone similar to you walk through the similar situation, right? We don't, it's not like some, your situation is probably not one of a kind and they will 
know what obstacles you have ahead of you and will be preparing you for them so that it's not going to knock you off course because you're anticipating it and you have someone to guide you through that, you know, yeah. storm, if you want to call it that. Yeah. And, and it's crazy because they don't have to be older than you. Mm, they they don't even necessarily have to have more experience in the field that you're in. Like, I, for instance, Dr. Tim is younger than me. He's my associate doctor that, you know, I've only known him since, you know, October, mm-hmm. you know, and and even though he's he's early in chiropractic in in, in my field, I still learn from him. Mm-hmm. He still teaches me the lessons. I've taught him a lot of lessons, obviously, as as somebody that's got has way more experience. But I can see, he still sees things that I don't see, mm-hmm. right? So your mentor, your coach, it doesn't always have to be somebody that is older than you or done it longer than you, because sometimes people just are more insightful than you in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else you want to add today? Well, I think that's great. All right. I think it's great too. <laughs> so I hope you thought it was great. I hope you uh, got a lot out of this uh, this podcast today. That's all we have for this week's edition of your weekly Limitless Life Network podcast. Be sure to tune in each and every week so you can stay connected, be inspired, and keep moving toward your goals by stripping away your limitations. And we will see you back next week. Enjoy the sunshine.